Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous. Vision for you, Big Book Study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, August 25th, 7 a.m., oh, 2023, August 25th, 2023, 7 a.m. Today we're reading from the big book, page 102, Working with Others, the second paragraph, and it's going to start with your job now and ending with God will keep you unharmed. And we're just reading that one paragraph. Today's readers are, for the steps we have sinned to be, the 12 traditions, Matthew G., Reading the text is Barb W, page 164, Stendon, P. A backup reader is Amory M. Newcomer greeter is Nancy C. And our second hour host is Eileen M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, August 24th, 2023, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 20,569. That's 20569. The 10 a.m. meeting, 20,570. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Cindy B to read the 12 steps of OA. Um, this is Cindy B from Pennsylvania, uh, a grateful recovering overeater. Uh, One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, 
praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. Next up with the 12 traditions is Matthew G. Hey there, this is Matthew G, compulsive overeater in France. These are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me be a service. Thank you, Matthew. Now our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book need to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone except the speaker should be muted. So today, we are in working with others Page 102, the second paragraph, we're reading your job now, uh, ending with God will keep you unharmed for that one paragraph. And Barb W. is going to start us off with this reading. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Barb W., grateful compulsive overeater, recovered and recovering in Illinois. Your job now is to be at the place where you may be of maximum helpfulness to others. So never hesitate to go anywhere if you can be helpful. You should not hesitate to visit the most sordid spot on earth on such an errand. 
keep on the firing line of life with these motives and God will keep you unharmed. Um, yeah, so the outside of my body was where my compulsive mind was manifest. When I arrived in the vision, I lost the weight in an affiliate program, but I'd never worked the steps. And I knew that I was insane. My life was unmanageable. My insides jumbled, untrusting. I couldn't trust myself, God, others. So it could be said that any place I went, I kind of created a sordid thing. Um, one definition of, of sordid is depressing. And I just was always looking for the worst part. Um, so in this, it, the, the word that struck me first was place. And he says not to a place, but at the place. The place. And and um, I don't know, after getting a sponsor, working the steps, continuing to work the steps in my daily life, I've come to a place, a, 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 like a virtual place. And that is deep down inside. In um, the big book on page 55, the second paragraph, deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. And then in the third paragraph, we found the great reality deep down within us. And I found that to be true. I found that to be real. And my higher power, what I've come to discover and grow in is my higher power, caring about me, being my director, my the lover of my soul, and, and accepting me and, and providing care. And my higher power is as close as my breath. This I take with me. That is the place that goes with me. The other place place that's mentioned here is like the firing line of life. It's active life. It can be feel risky to me, um, and it's viscous and can be unpredictable, and it's glorious and beautiful. There is such goodness. And now um, with the surety of my higher power, I take that with me no matter where. Service inside and outside of the OA rooms. Here it's talking about different places. It can be inside and outside of the rooms. Um, and I can come up against fear and and the steps have a provision for that of working that through with my higher power in the 12 and 12, page 122. We found that freedom from fear is more important than freedom from want. And the way that I work with that is is with my higher power and I take my higher power anywhere with me, everywhere with me. The firing line of life, unknown places, unknown people, and I know God will keep me unharmed. I pass. Thanks for the meeting. All right, Bob. Thank you very much. So now we're going to open up the line for sharing. Um, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every Thursday. So if you shared yesterday, or Wednesday, please step back. Let all of us get get a shot to share on on the topic. I'll let you know if I hear you. And uh, one at a time. Let the floodgates open. Melissa C. Katie G. Katie. Denise O. Denise. Carmela G. Mary B. Uh, was Ross, it Mary? Ma- Mary? Mary B. B. Yeah, Mary B. Yeah, thanks. Roz G. Could take a couple more. 
Who else wants to share on page one, 102? All right, then we'll go with that. We have Melissa C., Katie G., Denise O., Carmela G., Mary B., and Roz G. Melissa, you're up. Yeah, hey, thanks. Thanks so much this morning, Russ, um, for your service. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and um, I love this paragraph. I love the idea that... um, I'm out there on an errand, you know, I'm I'm out there uh, doing a task for someone else's benefit. That's that's where these steps have led me. And, um, you know, when I read this part, I, I'm really reminded about a, a particular time that I went. It was going to be six years now that I went to my nephew's, one of my nephew's weddings, and I traveled far. And um, him and his wife are vegetarians, which I learned um, did not mean that I was going to get an abundance of great vegetables, but at things that they hosted, I was generally going to see a lot of pasta and cheese and things I don't eat. So I knew to take care of it beforehand. Um, and I prayed um, like I was taught to and meditate like I was taught to before going anywhere. And basically that is, you know, God, show me who I'm supposed to help and put that person in my path and help me say the words you want me to say, um, to really to get me out of myself. And so I went to this wedding and, um, I stood online to get a, a, a drink and I got, you know, I ordered a club soda and next to me was this young guy who quietly asked, um, he was like, you don't drink. And, um, and I, I laughed and I said something like, you know, yeah, that ship sailed and sunk, you know, and, um, and then he, he whispered to me, he said, um, well, I just, I just got out of rehab. This is my first like time doing anything like this sober. And he, he said, um, how do you do these things sober? And, um, and I realized like, oh my gosh, this is my errand, you know, and I shared with him um, how I do these things sober. I show up, try to thinking what I can bring to the occasion. I dance because that's the greatest gift you can give the bride and groom. They don't care what you eat. They don't care what you drink. But they do care if you're on the dance floor, if you're having fun and smiling. And I shared with him what I meditate on before I go. And I had said to this guy, you know, he turns out he's the first cousin of my nephew on the other side. I hadn't seen him since he was a baby. But... um I told him, like, before I go, I try to ask God to show me who I'm supposed to help. And I think it's supposed to be you tonight. And we laughed and smiled. And um, I'll tell you what, I didn't think about eating. I certainly didn't think about drinking. Um, I'm hopeful that I offered him something that I, you know, performed an errand um, for this guy to assist him. Um, but that's the way that I was taught to go into these things. And when I do that, I really am unharmed. Um, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Next up is Katie G, followed by Denise O. Hey, good morning, Russ. It's Katie G, recovered in Boston. And the other place that we learn about the firing lines is in the doctor's opinion, and it's talking about how family members let them stand with us on the firing line, you know, of the disease. And I can just say that 
you know, I see how my abstinence and more importantly, my relationship with God has changed. Like, so when I first met my husband, he has a um, large Jewish family and uh, I met, I met them at Passover and I'm going to be honest, like it really freaked me out. There was so much food and so many people. And um, I remember being very tense with my husband and not being able to be of maximum helpfulness because I was so focused on me and when we were going to leave and my discomfort and my food and my this and my that. And it was all about me. And then my mother-in-law a couple, probably like five years or six, five, six years ago, asked us to host Thanksgiving. And I had to do like a thousand step tens on her because I was like, who do you think you are? And then I made things, I mean, sit with a power. I made things very uncomfortable for my mother-in-law and for my, um, my in-laws, my siblings, because I was like, how dare you impose on us? I was not thinking of maximum helpfulness because I was so uptight. I was so attached. Like I have to get my abstinent food in and I have to get my abstinent food in at, at my time. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm not a spontaneous eater. I've given up my right to eat spontaneously. But I also today, thanks be to God, like I don't, I either go someplace and I eat before because I can't get anything or I know I'm going to be able to get what I need and I bring back up. Like food is not the point anymore. And um, I have to tell you the funniest thing is I'm now like, probably starting in about July because I'm a planner. I'm like, Evan, do you think we can host Thanksgiving? Do you think we can host Thanksgiving? Because I love it because it's like built-in service. You know, I get to get everybody ready. I get to like decorate with the kids. I get to look at all these pretty, pretty things that people bring. I get to have my food whenever or the food whenever. Like it's not. And and you know what's so funny is nobody notices me. Like nobody cares. Nobody cares that I'm not eating the pie. The only one who says something is my father father-in-law who literally every year he'll look at me he'll take a bite of something and he'll be like really you can't have this really and so I just feel like these sorted places you know as our our first person said like these sorted places can be anywhere and the firing lines can be anywhere too you know what the firing lines could be in on a meeting based on my hypersensitivity to what other people are saying right so it's all about what it's about my relationship with God. God will keep me unharmed in every place, in every situation, at every time. But what do I have to do? I got to seek him. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Next up is Denise O, followed by Carmela J. Hi, this is Denise O from Wisconsin. And thank everybody for their service today. Um, I guess what really struck me with this paragraph is keep on the firing line of life because I think um, before I started in OA and working the 12 steps, I thought everybody was firing at me. Um, and now I don't see it that way. Now, um, I hope not, hey. Um, <laughs> uh, so now I, I see it more that I'm here to do service to people. And that is a much better place to go. And that does allow you to go anywhere and do anything um, with, uh, with God in mind. Um, and I, I always felt like I was being harmed by people too. I just, and I don't feel that way anymore. Very um, kind of ego-driven type mentality I had. Um, so it, it's, it's nice to go. And, and yes, I, I do realize obviously this is about going to places with food and, and thinking about that, but I think of it a little bit 
yeah, food is the problem. <laughs> food was my solution. <laughs> um, so it's interesting to think about the idea that um, to go into any, and I try to do that every day, to go into any situation to be the maximum helplessness to others. Um, it's such a great, great feeling. And I know that um, that's what I said I wanted to do. Um, I got into this program for to create a little bit of sanity, to create sanity in my life. and also. Um, just to do acts that are kind. Um, and that's what this program is to me. And it will keep me on, and God will keep me unharmed. With that, I pass. All right, Denise, before Camilla jumps up there, let me let you know where we're at. We're on page 102, the second paragraph, working with others. And um, starting with your job now, ending with God will keep you unharmed. Just that one paragraph. Arkimella, Carmella, you're up. Excuse my marshmallow. No worries. Thank you so much, Russ. Uh, Carmella G. Gratefully recovered today in New York. Your job now. Ah, maximum helpfulness. Prior to program, Carmella G. Thought she was maximally helpful to everyone by controlling everything. And that was what I thought my job was, to tell you and everybody else how to live. Um, And then food, the job of food was to soothe me. This program has given me the gift of knowing that the job of food is solely to nourish a healthy body. And my job is to connect with my higher power every day. As soon as I wake up, I connect and I get directed. Just, I ask for direction and said, please, God, take me where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. And a simple example is I now attend Mass every day at noon. I never did that before, but now I do. That was my direction. As I walk the city streets, and for those of you that know New York, you know it's a pretty crazy place. I saw a woman, and um, she stopped me, and I said, hello, And she was in a white lab coat, and she was coming out of my building, and she was unfamiliar. She invited me to come to a senior meeting, and I said, I don't need that. But I did go down, and the reality was I may have not needed it, but my conversation with one of the members was related to the gifts we have if we have a higher power in our life. It was truly a gift for me because I reached out and I got out of my usual schedule and was willing. And that is what I need to learn to do every single day is to listen and to be aware and follow the directions of my higher power. And I will never go wrong. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, Cormella. Next up is Mary B. Followed by Roz G. Mary B. Star One. Hi, sorry, I was just unmuting myself. My name is Mary B. Um, Compulsive Eater. Uh, can you hear me okay? <clears throat> uh, yep, got you. On the firing line of life, uh, this reminds me of the fear that I can get sometimes when I think of um, being in service because I, I often think I haven't got enough resources and I need to keep the focus on looking after myself or I just haven't got the energy or whatever. And it's a reminder to me that I'll always have and find those resources if I just keep trusting in my higher power. And I used to get this a lot with regard to carrying the message in step 12 and sponsorship and I'm at a kind of an interesting place in my recovery because I'm 37 days uh, abstinent and um, I have been in LA for a long time, 14 years and this is the first time that I've really truly fully surrendered to complete entire abstinence. It feels interesting in it feels very I feel a lot of humility and gratitude um, for what I've experienced and it's a bit like living the set aside prayer at the moment and um, there is part of me that kind of feels like how can I be helpful to other people how can I practice step 12 at the moment when I'm going back through the steps myself and you know, I'm just trusting that I will find opportunities to do that and I will find resources to do that. And, um, you know, it's, it's a bit like I've, I've been sober in AA for 15 years and, you know, I was very quickly neutral and um, free. But with eating, compulsive eating food, it's been such a more challenging journey and um, I just hope that everything that I've learned along the way however challenging it has been um, I can use that to help other people and in terms of being a set you know tonight I've got I've actually got some people coming around for dinner tonight and you know I can cook a meal that's abstinent for me nourishing for them and enjoyable for them, I hope. Um, you know, I've I've used up all my credits on food partying, um, for sure. And I just don't want that. I just want to peacefully sit with them and enjoy their company. And that's incredibly new for me. And just to make sure that everybody's comfortable, everybody's nourished, everybody feels happy in, in my home environment. Um, and that's such a change from running around trying to make yeah. everything perfect. So, uh, yeah, it's good to reflect on that today. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to share. Thank you, Mary. Next up is Roz G, and then we're going to take another list. Good morning. I think it's my turn. Um, yeah, we got I'm Roz. You, Roz. Yeah. Okay. Hi, hi, Ross and everybody. Um, I'm Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California, Los Angeles County. Um, 
You know, um, I've been in program a long time, and I remember a long time ago hearing a speaker, an alcoholic a woman, speaking of um, being in a place in her recovery where she felt like she was just all that. And um, I have felt that way too sometimes, where my ego kind of took over and I got cocky and, uh, you know, thought, oh, I can do this, and then, you know, Soon, sooner, soon, soon later, I I fell, and uh, she was her sponsor asked her to go to this place, like it was kind of like a dingy apartment where this woman was really really sick, and she and this other alcoholic went to this place, and this woman had vomited all over herself, and they cleaned her up and they helped her out, and it reminded her so much of where she came from, and it shocked her into to 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 understanding that. Her job was to be a maximum helpfulness wherever she went, and that she was not supposed to say no to an AA request. <clears throat> and I believe that when we put our names out there at five after, you know, well, if it's five my time, that, that second hour meeting, when we put our name out there to say we're available, we don't know who are, who's going to call us. We're going out there blind. We're saying I'm available to help. And you know, for me personally, I don't know who's going to call me. I don't know who's going to, to ask for help. All I know is that my motive is to be helpful. And in the past, my motive was not to be helpful. My motive was to get whatever I could out of any situation and to make myself available to be of service to someone that I don't know has never harmed me once. It has always helped me. As, as we see earlier in the book, we may be, that person may be helping us more than we're helping them. And, you know, I, today I love to live a, a, a very joyful and busy and exciting life. Uh, I turned 60 years old this Tuesday I don't like that, but I'm going to. I can't stop the clock, and I want to enjoy my life while I'm still here. You know, more than half of my life is over. And so I say to God, like I heard in an earlier share, you know, God, I'm your woman today. What do you want me to do? I'm yours. And God has me doing all kinds of things, fun things, being of service, going to work, helping the students. You know, right now I have a, had a student that had has lived in a homeless situation. And, you know, I just want to put myself, thank you, I'll wrap up by saying whether it's in Overeaters Anonymous or plain life, my motive is to be helpful, and God certainly keeps me unharmed. Thank you, I pass. Thanks, Ross. Sorry to be so abrupt. I didn't mean to blast it. Okay, now we're going to open up to... The line for sharing again. We're on uh, page 102, working with others, that second paragraph, your job now, and ending with God will keep you unharmed. Please, if you've shared the past couple days, step back while others have a chance to share. We would like to share. Are we now? Eileen. Alex B. Alex B. Matthew G. Matthew.
N-A. N-A. Okay. Who else? There's plenty. I think we'll have a pretty good amount of time. We can take a few more. But you know me with the math. I'm brute force and ignorant. Who's that? everybody in Lynn. Donna M. Lynn. Yes, and Donna M. Let's go with that and see how that works out. So we got Eileen M, Alex B, Matthew G, Anna A, Lynn S. Eileen M, you're up. Good morning. Um, this is Eileen M, uh, recovered compulsive overeater in New Hampshire. And um, I just love this so much because I remember before program is I lived my life. I was trying to get what I wanted out of it. And, you know, not what I, you know, I, I wasn't thinking what I could put into it. I was never thinking that really. I, you know, and I, you know, I have a completely different approach now to life is that, you know, I ask in the morning, as, as people have been saying, I ask, how can I be of service? How can I be of maximum service to you, God, you know? And um, then I get directed on where I'm supposed to go and where, what I'm supposed to do. And, um, you know, it's just so amazing that I just never, that never occurred to me before working the steps. And, um, you know, I, I just love the idea of how, you know, I get often reminded is like, if I'm going through a hard time in my life, you know, someone will say to me, hey, have you called someone else and asked them how they were doing? And that's just been such a lifesaver to just call someone and ask, you know, focus on them, um, you know, and, uh, you know, not talk about myself. And, that has just helped me so much in this program, and it's something that I often do. You know, if I, you know, I've gotten it down so that, okay, I'm, I'm having a hard day, so let me call somebody else and just, you know, get redirected that way. And it, it really is very helpful. So um, thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Next up is Alice B. Followed by Matthew G. Good morning, everyone. This is Alex B. from um, Missouri. Thank you all for being here. Uh, I've been really appreciating these uh, paragraphs. And, and, and because I've been realized I'm, I'm in uh, recovery, uh, going through the steps uh, again, um, and, and it's going well, thanks to God, and I'm getting deeper, uh, and I'm a compulsive overeater uh, and restrictor. Um, and I'm realizing that in an earlier time, going through the steps, it was so much about me and about the food and about control and about you know, it was hard for me even doing the fourth step, you know, or even my defects, thinking about how it's affected other people, right, with food, with this issue. Well, it's about me and my health and my compulsion. But now I'm really having this movement, uh, uh, recognizing how this affliction hurts so many people in my life because I fail to be present. I fail to be attentive to them. Uh, acknowledging, I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about the next meal. I'm thinking about my body without stress. And, uh, being back and being in a really intentional program uh, and being absent is helping me to see clearly how abstinence, how freedom allows me to love those around me and allows me to be at service. And that when I'm in service, I'm able to be absent and free so much more easily. Um, and that's hard because I am thinking of myself often. And I am focused inward often. And yet when my God pulls me out of myself, I'm able to be free, able to be sober, able to be attentive and loving. Only when I let myself be loved enough, then I got to then love others and not worry about 
food, body, etc. Um, you know, my, my spiritual tradition uh, it has a component of the fifth step, a sort of, you know, confession. And so uh, I was talking with my confessor recently about this again, and, and he was saying, he invited me to consider, you know, these moments of my character defects when they act up, you know, to think of them less in a sense of guilt or shame, but more in a sense of, of missed opportunities of grace, right? And that makes me think of this paragraph. Moments when I could have been helpful, when I could have served, um, but I missed it. I missed it because I was thinking about the food or about my body. And, and yet I'm invited uh, by my God to, to put down those thoughts and to focus on serving the other and in serving um, another person and loving them as I love myself. Uh, uh, I will find that freedom and find that joy. Um, and so I ask my God for one more day of absence today uh, and one more day of recovery so that I can love others uh, more fully. So thank you. Uh, I hope to see, talk to you soon. All right, thank you, Alf. Next up is Matthew G., followed by Anna A. Hey there, this is Matthew G., compulsive overeater in France. Um, yeah, this is a really um, powerful paragraph. I love this meeting so much. I've been coming for over a year now and have found wonderful abstinence and, and, and neutrality and just uh, thank you, everybody. Um, it's just awesome, uh, this paragraph. Um, yeah, this whole idea of being of maximum helpfulness, you know, being of maximum service. It reminds me of the prayer of St. Francis, you know, it's what we call it the 11-step prayer. Um, actually, it wasn't really the prayer of St. Francis. It was This prayer was found in, Fran- in France, actually. So they think it's actually it was a French prayer. And um, it's in, in, in French, the original version, it's, it's, it's Lord, oh, make me an instrument of your peace, not channel. Um, so I like to say both because I like the idea of being a channel of like, you know, God can flow through me, God's power, God's love, God's way of life can flow through me, I can be a channel. But also like the the concept of being an instrument that I can be, you know, of maximum service. And, 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 and what I find that these 12 steps and, and the directions of the big book give me is, is, is it allows me to become a more effective instrument, meaning I can, you know, clear myself, you know, have God remove um my the, my character defects that stand in the way of my usefulness. Some of my character defects actually might be helpful. So I don't. It's not for me to to, to figure out. But it's truly a miraculous program. You know, just if you have enough honesty and 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 open mindedness and willingness to 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 try to you know practice these steps to the to the best of of, of your ability. You know, and it's and it's a practice. And it's and it's you know. I also like to talk about being being on the firing line. You know, it's like we, we, we just a couple of paragraphs back wasn't we, we mentioned that we have to have our feet firmly on, on the ground, you know, and, and our and our head in the in the in, in the stars with God, you know, and, and but it's 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 a it's a program of action and and um, and it's firing line is serious business, you know, and and I have to take this 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 disease every bit as seriously as my as my as, as my alcoholism as I'm also an alcoholic. And um, yeah, so anyway, so grateful, so grateful um, to all of you, and, uh, and, and I will never shut up now, and uh, love to all, and I pass. Thanks, Matthew. Before uh, Anna jumps up, uh, we're on page 102, working with others, that second paragraph, and I missed Pete B, so we're going to throw Pete in there at the end, and uh, I believe Lynn is uh, going to be taking off the list. She's, she has something else, but uh, Anna's up. 
followed by Donna M, and then we'll go from there. Thank you, Russ. Thank you very much. I'm Ann A. in New York, but today I'm in uh, Fairfax, California, Marin County, I think. (laughs) Oh, wow, what a paragraph. You know, I needed this um, sermon (laughs) uh, before I was leaving on this trip because I was in the fear, good old character defect, number one fear, and selfishness cropped up. And here I thought I couldn't speak to my um, my sponsees here, you know, I can't handle a cruise, so I've been abstinent, I've been neutral for 41 months, and I'm so grateful that my uh, fellow friends, you know, gave me an attitude adjustment. Yes, you can. Your phone works in California and Alaska, but let me just um, dial back to some um, and other, and that I could be of greatest that I might meet the greatest person on this trip. And to me, the greatest person is who I can help. I've been giving gifts. I am abstinent. I am recovered. I am I'm sane for today. I have emotional sobriety if I give back, if I am useful. And that just started with my host today. She um, has some dementia, and I just loved her stories over and over, over and over. I'm in this magical home of hers with antiques and art and, gosh, goodness, the flowers, the plants. Oh, my God, I'm a nature girl. And yet, when I woke up, my phone doesn't work. And for 15 minutes, I'm trying to use my cell phone. And then I remembered she, she put a pillow over her phone so it wouldn't disturb me. And here I'm on her phone so I can connect. And um, But it started in the plane. I was reading my big book, and I had my Dr. Bob's out that my friend said I can connect spiritually with our program. And, that, and my person who sat next to me, she leaned over and said, are you in the club? I mean, my goodness. And we were talking program. And... Um, it, it just it, this this trip, and so I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful that wherever I go in the next nine days, that I can be an instrument of His peace because I'm just so grateful for the gifts, and I don't want to go back. I'm not going back for today as long as I remember that all I have to do is just be of service, and with that. I'm just at peace. And with that, I, I pass. Thank you very much. All right, Ann. Thank you very much. Next up is Donna M. Paul by Pepe. Hi, I'm Donna M. from near Toronto, Canada, and I'm grateful to be on the line to share today. And I know this passage is talking about um, that you should be able to go to places but I'm going to look at it from a different point of view. That um, This week I was going through some difficult times, and um, you know, one day I even did four step tens on um, different things that were coming up in, in that day. And yesterday I happened to be talking um, to someone, and I was sharing about how I had gone through those step tens, and they were able to, I was able to let go of my 
selfishness and and self-seeking and to accept the situation just as it is um, and to think of how I could be of maximum service to my, my husband. And um, would you know that that's exactly what she wanted, she needed to hear, that she'd been going through a similar experience and um, my share helped helped her. So I am grateful today to know that any difficulties, any challenges that I'm going through, um, there are opportunities for me to get closer to God and that when I share that with other people, I can never know of um, those individuals, in fellows in OE, um, that I might be of service with sharing how I've worked those experiences through the steps. And I'm so grateful to be able to share today. It's been some time since I've been able to get on the line. Thanks a lot. And I pass. All right, dear Donna. Next up is uh, PP, and then we'll take another list. We can have a little bit of time. Thanks, Russ. <clears throat> My name's Anna, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Thanks for taking the meeting, Russ. It's good to hear you in service. And uh, so, yeah, man. Thank God. I'm so grateful that. Uh, that recovered individuals are on the fire in the lines of life. You know, I mean, it, 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 like my own personal experience is that, you know, I, I used to, I used to work in the nightclub business and it was a, it was a real treacherous thing. And I had a person, a recovered, a recovered person come in with a group of guys who were at a bachelor party and he was the only one there not drinking. And he, he started telling me about his life of recovery. I don't know why he chose me probably because I was in the, I was in the dredges of my disease, and and he told me about what he does. And then every every about twenty five or thirty minutes, he'd come back to me, and he would tell me about his life before and what his life is like now. And it was the first, it was it was the first real example that I saw that you could actually live free of this condition and go about doing your thing when you wanted to do it, wherever you wanted to do it. This person walked a free man. And I, I, I valued that. Now, now I didn't get, I didn't get recovered for probably another decade, but it always stands out in my mind that it is possible. So, you know, we're not supposed to be cooped up in these meetings in these rooms you know, talking amongst ourselves about what this life is all about and the stories and the pain and the sorrows, right? We've got to be out there in front of people. You know, we'll often hear people in these meetings say, well, I'm powerless over people, places, and things, and I'm powerless, I'm so powerless, I'm so powerless. Our book regularly tells us that we've been given power. As a matter of fact, it says the whole object of the book is to find the power. Right. In just 30 pages, it's going to tell us that we have been given the power to help others. We have power, and that power is the power of example. So you don't, we don't know when our presence, our being, who we are, how we carry, carry ourselves is going to impact another individual. Wouldn't it be a tragedy if every time we looked at somebody, they were on the phone reporting their inventory to somebody? Like, that's what life of recovery looks like. 
We're supposed to walk free. We have been given power, the power of example, to be a demonstration of our God's love, our God's will, and our God's way of life. We can walk free, free of the free of the guilt, the shame, the remorse, the pain, all of those things. The merciless obsession has been removed. Man, it's so I'm so grateful for that. Now, if we don't if we don't utilize that opportunity, we could be missing opportunities that may never come our way again. So go out and be a good example. Pass. Thanks, Pete. All right. So I think we have time for two. Two more shares. Who would like to share on these these paragraphs? Anita J. Anita. Freya H. Anita. Freya H. Freya. Okay, Anita, you're up. Thank you. Thank you, Russ. Thanks, everybody, in their shares. I'm Anita J., and I'm in Massachusetts, recovered. I, I love how Pete says it. God's grace and mercy. The firing line of life. I um I'm gonna have the firing line of life here in my apartment today because I through I don't know a God incident or what, I've been reunited with somebody that I met in a twelve step program. I now I don't even remember which one. And she's coming up the Cape from the Cape to stay with me today and tomorrow. And um who knows? What what this is all about besides two old friends catching up. And um, I know that there's a plan here that she pops in my head now after 20-something years and, uh, and that she's free to come, uh, excited to come. And, you know, the thing I wanted to say was, part of my head, the part that's not recovered, but, oh, maybe you better go buy some bread. Maybe she likes toast. And then I thought, wait a minute. You gave your toaster away. What are you going to do with it? And um, just keep everything the way you have. If it's, She surely will find something here. My food is good and nutritious. Uh, I'm not with a glum face when I have my breakfast or lunch. No, and this is all about the two of us ch- chatting and catching up. And uh, I think there's a God component because um, she loved she loved God, and something happened, and uh, and, it, and I know that things changed. And maybe it's time. I don't know. Who knows? But I'm just looking forward to it. I did do extra dusting, I must admit that. But other than that, I haven't done a thing. And um, just looking forward to this day and, and, and the opportunities that will come my way today. Uh, and with that, I pass. Thanks, Anita. Next up is Freya H. Thank you, Ras Freya H., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Bulimic Restrictor in Colorado. Um, loving this meeting and these shares, and I'm really struck by this paragraph today. It says, your job now, and so now meaning 
I've been through the steps. I've had the spiritual awakening, and I am now um, now ready. So that that's what's going on. Is I'm in, I'm in a recovered state, and now I get to be of maximum helpfulness to others. And I have to say, I was I was reading this with a fellow um, going through this chapter, and we got talking about like, well, what do you do when you're working with people who really aren't well? And um, and so that's what really comes to mind when I'm reading this paragraph. It, it talks about you know, the, it talks about remembering that the people you work with are, you know, are very ill and, you know, that we, you know, we ask God to, to, um, help us, you know, how, how do we help the people who are still sick? And so very clear directions, keep on the firing line of life with these motives. What are the motives? The motives that I just want to be helpful. That's my only motive. So in the past, for me, it was how do I how do I keep myself safe and protected? How do I get you know get and stay comfortable? How do I make sure that my needs are met and that my instincts are not going to be threatened? That was definitely how I saw the world, and this is telling me to do the opposite thing, which is go out and make yourself vulnerable. Go out and and you know put your name out there, and you don't know who's going to respond. Maybe it's going to be someone who really triggers you. Maybe it's someone who isn't well and and I just have to be willing to go on the firing line. And then it has this amazing promise. It says, God will keep you unharmed. So do I believe that's true, that God is really going to keep me unharmed if I'm just willing to, to show up and be of service? And um, I'm reminded of a couple pages ago, we read the line that said, follow the dictates of a higher power. So this doesn't, it's not saying, you know, go on your own will and do it your way. This is saying, Trust, for me, the way I interpret it is, like, trust those instincts. Trust those God nudges that come from within about who I can be helpful to and how I can be helpful. And then God is going to keep me unharmed. So um, this isn't about me helping everybody, and it's also not about me being very selective about, well, I'm, I can help this person, but I can't help that person. I just got to be willing to trust when God nudges me, like, hey, Freya, like, I think you can be helpful to this person. And then... It is so not about me. It's amazing to be used as a channel, you know, just as a, like, it's not about me. It's just about being part of this amazing, um, this amazing drama of life where I'm, I'm just one of the players and I just get to watch with fascination how it all plays out and gratitude that I get to be part of it. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. All right, Freya, thank you. Uh, You're going to be our last share today. Uh, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. So today's share ID, Friday, August 25th, 2023, a 7 a.m. meeting is 20,572, 20572. All right. And we are going to ask Tenzin P. to read uh, page 164. I just lost my script here. So if Kevin can jump up and read. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm here. Got it. All right, Kenton T. Uh, uh, from New York. Uh, grateful to be recovered and here. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. 
The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Sandrine, you got knocked off there. I know. I, I had a cough. Right here I am. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you very much.